Welcome to Unconventionally Speaking, the PSA podcast where we go behind the scenes to learn about the triumphs and tribulations that help shape the careers of our Unconvention 2022 learning gurus and experience masters. Not only will you get a sneak peek into their session, you'll also gain valuable insight into the speaking business and tips on how to navigate the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. Hello, hello, hello. This is Kim Sealing Smith, CSP. And today I am really pleased to welcome to Unconventionally Speaking, Karen Tui Boys, CSP. Now we don't get to see Karen live and in person enough, although she's usually at convention and she will be at Unconvention. In fact, she is our Empress of Engagement as well as presenting a session on how to build online summits, but we'll get to that in a minute. And the reason we don't see her often enough is because she lives over the ditch in Wellington, New Zealand. So welcome, Karen. How are you? How's the weather in Wellington? Oh, we don't ever talk about the weather. I can't even say it, the weather in Wellington (laughs) because it's not good. But I am stunningly fantastic. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, we are certainly happy to have you here. Now, as speakers, we're asked for our show reels. So we're doing something a little bit novel in the Unconventionally Speaking podcast. We're asking you to give us your verbal show reel. What do you normally speak on and what wows your audiences? Oh, well, I'm a champion for lifelong learning. And so I work with teachers, parents, and students to provide them practical tools, tips, and strategies to be able to have them love learning and love life. Oh, you've said that a few times, haven't you? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Just a few hundred, a few thousand. So we know that all Hollywood greats had a secret career before they became famous. What was your secret career before you became a professional speaker? Well, can I lie? Because it would be much more exciting than actually telling the truth. But I was a teacher uh, and perhaps before that a professional swimming coach. But I have to tell you that when I used to go to corporate parties as a teacher and people would say, what do you do? I would say, I'm a truck driver. Because if you go to a corporate party and say you're a teacher, people physically recoil and take a step backwards. Is that right? It is because nobody likes the teacher and or they'd say, oh, I hated school, or oh, I had an awful teacher from my maths teacher in grade whatever. And so you get all the negative stories. But I used to tell people I was a truck driver. And the funny thing is, I don't even think I've ever been in the front of a truck, or actually been in the back of either one. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so professional swim coach, maybe that's my secret life. (laughs) <laughs> oh, your secret life. Your sweet, Oh, interesting. Your secret wish. So what made you throw in the classroom for the adult classroom, throw in the kids classroom for the adults classroom? What made you decide to become a professional speaker? So I was put on this planet to teach and I've always known that that was my dream. That's what I was put here for. And so I trained to be a teacher straight after school. I went to teacher's college, went to university went into the classroom and several years in, I noticed something that was really awful happening in the education system. Well, several things, but the biggest thing that got my heart 
uh, was that I watched young children, five-year-olds coming into the school, and I watched that light in their eyes, that excitement, that love of learning, that sparkle that they came in with at five, start to die around about the age of six and seven. And I thought, what are we doing to these children? You know, we want to be promoting learning. We Surely we should be helping them love the very thing they're doing every single day. And it's not, it wasn't happening in our schools. So I left teaching, first of all, to be able to do something about that because I can make a bigger difference outside the education system. And secondly, to learn how children learned because still, if you interview doctors and a medical doctor and ask them how much time at university they had on learning about health, they will tell you about one hour. Uh, But if you go and ask a teacher how much time in your training did you have learning about how the brain learns, maybe zero, maybe one hour if they were. Wow, yeah. And how can we be teaching children not understanding how learning actually happens? So that was why I stepped into the whole professional speaking. I don't know that I called it that to start with. I just had a drive to make a difference and help teachers understand learning. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And so how has your market evolved then throughout the years? You started teaching teachers and how has that evolved? Well, very quickly, I had secondary schools come and ask me, could you teach our students how to study? Can you teach them how to learn? Which again is a little bit strange because surely our children should know how to learn in the classroom. Surely by the time they get to secondary school, they should already know how to learn, but they don't. So I was like, sure. So I moved from teachers to the students. And then very quickly, schools would say to me, do you think you could educate the parents on this? So I started working with parents and Uh, It's only probably in the recent three, four years that I've really uh, started honing in on that parent market. So, And people have said to me for years as a professional speaker, particularly other professional speakers, why don't you work in the corporate field? Why don't you go and work in, you know, that's where the money is, they tell me. And I'm like, well, number one, that's not where my heart is. So I would be out of congruence. And number two, I've got a big enough market and I can actually make an incredible living with the market that I have. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And clearly podcast listeners can't see this because it's audio only, but you should see the light in Karen's eyes. She obviously loves what she does. I do. Yeah. So along with your market evolving, have your topics evolved? A lot of us as speakers need to shift and change topics. How have your topics evolved over the last few years? Well, for those of you who can't, because you can't see me, and you, if you don't know me, I've been doing professional speaking for 27 years. Wow. So I started when I was three. Of course. Because I'm very young. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So over those 27 years, I have redesigned my entire business five times because the market has shifted, because the topics are shifting. So I started on the wave of accelerating learning. And that was coming in. And then I started working with what we call the habits of mind or intelligent behaviors of successful people and helping schools to do that. And project-based learning has been something that's big recently and putting structures in there. But also, I believe that to become better professionally, you have to become better personally. And so there's, I've got a whole suite of offerings around that personal development. So create the life of your dreams, a vision board workshop, 
helping people to have health, energy and vitality, particularly our teachers who desperately need that. And so the topics have changed and I've been practicing, outwardly practicing gratitude by writing it every day for the last five years. And so I have a huge gratitude suite, happiness suite that goes with that too. So it just keeps morphing as I keep growing and I keep learning. Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, as speakers, you know, the speaking journey is normally not a smooth one. We have peaks and valleys, highs and lows. And I want to ask you two questions that sound similar, but are a little bit different. The first one is, have you ever had a time when you just thought you wanted to chuck it all in? You know, why is it worth it that you really didn't know if you could go on in this profession? Have you ever had that time? And what happened? How and why did you keep going? So the answer is no. I have never had a time when I absolutely wanted to chuck it in because my why is too strong. And so but I have had times where we couldn't eat. And if you're, I think it's 2017 convention and I did a brave speech or it might have been 2018. And I talked about my story of nearly losing everything. And so our mortgage was overdue for three months. We had sold our rental property and lost $60,000. We had to re-roof our house to keep the insurance on it. Five things happened all at once. And we just had no money and I didn't know, we didn't know how we were going to survive. So I actually went and got a job for a year, a job in a school, actually doing pretty much what I was doing as a professional speaker anyway. I was in charge of 17 schools and the development of the teachers. So I was just being paid a salary to do that. I kept my business going on the side. It allowed us to be able to get ahead again and pay all those debts off. And it allowed us to be able to restart the business. Well, not that it stopped because my PA was uh, still employed that entire time. Oh, wow. But it allowed us to be able to go back into that fully and keep making that difference. So no, I've never wanted to give up because that why is too strong. But yes, we've had circumstances. It felt like we were, I was maybe forced to and everyone was telling me I need to. I think I've cried three times to my husband in 27 years. He said, that's it. We have to close the business. And I've cried and I've said, no, the why is too strong. And we've made it work. You've made it work. And so you've been on a tremendous journey in the last 27 years. How have you leveled up? When you've gone from one level to the next, either in your craft, in your business acumen, or in your mindset, how have you done that over the years? Oh, leveling up. I think the whole money mindset is still something I'm leveling up with and being able to charge what I'm probably worth. Although what we do, what I do now is very different. And I think we'll talk about that soon. But I think. I've definitely leveled up in the way I show up, in the way of who I am, in the way that I speak my truth, and the way that I storytell. I think that's all been incredible leveling up as I've developed the business. I've also always worked strongly with a business coach and putting systems in place so that much of what I do now can happen without me. And because not only am I a professional speaker, we have a whole lot of our offerings. And a lot of those happen without me. 
Yeah. So tell us about, that's actually a great segue to the next question, which is what are all of your offerings? What are all the modalities? You know, the definition of professional speaker has been widening and it's now, you know, it encompasses a number of different types of services. What are your offerings? How do you impact your various clients? Yeah, thank you. So obviously we're working in the education department or uh, with educators. So a lot of products. So of course I've written uh, 10 books. So uh, those part of our offering. But I also find books that teachers would like. So, for instance, our wonderful Michael McQueen, when he put out his education book, I'm like, Michael, I want to give let every teacher in New Zealand and Australia that I know know about the book. So he goes, yeah, sure, here's a deal. And so I become that broker. So anyone who's got anything that's great for education, I'm like that person in the middle distributing for them because I have that direct market. I publish teachers' books, so if teachers have got something great or I've seen something in the classroom and I can convince them to write it, um, I will sell it for them. So that's just one part. Well, that's two. That's the books and then the publishing side. I also have a magazine. So it's been going for, oh, wow, it's, we're up to issue 53 and there's four issues a year. So I don't know, do the math. <laughs> but a lot a lot it's a 76 page magazine glossy beautiful teachers matter and it's about being professional and personal development for teachers so that is just another offering that we have and then there's of course me as an offering and all the workshops and things that I do we have and probably what we've transitioned biggest into into the last two years is running summits yes because and actually I'm a bit of a pioneer and my team will tell you that before COVID, before COVID was even a thing, we used to run twice a year, maybe three times a year conferences for teachers. And January 2000 and, yeah, 2020, it must be last year, I, before COVID, I said that's the last conference we're going to run. We're actually going to do them as online summits. And so before COVID was even a thing, we're like, we're in there. So July, we had our first summit with 7,000 teachers from 30-something countries around the world. So it was incredible. Holy moly. July 2020 or 2019 or 2020? 2020. Yeah, last year. Oh, right. Okay. So right after COVID hit. So you had put the pieces in place before COVID and then yes, you were poised to, okay. So tell us about, obviously, the conferences are live, the online summits are, well, online. So tell us about the other differences between conferences and online summits and walk us through your journey, especially through COVID, because this is really, as I understand it, your journey through COVID has primarily been these online summits. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think I've run about seven or eight of them now because it's easy. <laughs> I love it. We like easy. We like easy. We like easy. It's all pre-recorded. Uh, one of the things I love, if any of the speakers listening have run conferences before, I have zero venue cost and I have zero food cost, which is the most expensive part of running a, any conference. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Well and above speaker fees. So it's like I think we're averaging about 80 to 82% profit from a ticket, which you can't do with face-to-face. -face. So that's just pretty cool. So what was the question? Um, <laughs> step us through what? <laughs> so what, is, what does an online summit look like? What does it look like? 
So there are lots of different models, but the model we choose, I have chosen is we pre-record all the videos. We have a Facebook group that people join and that becomes like the corridor at a real conference. So we have all the conversations there. We give away prizes galore. You wouldn't believe how much we give away. We have dance parties. This is why I think I'm the Empress of Engagement. It is. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you, you had me at dance parties. You had me at dance parties. Yeah, yeah. And I dare say a few others. Yes. <laughs> we just have so much fun on that page. So what happens is we release the videos each day and people can either just watch them for the weekend or they can buy the upgrade package. So it's free. We run a free model, but at my workshop, I'll be talking about all the different models you can run. Oh, excellent. So give us a sneak into the workshop. So you'll be leading us through the different models of online summits. What will they walk away with? Then they'll walk away with a structure to be able to say, hey, who is my market? Who can I do these summits with? Who might be some of my speakers? And what is it going to look like? Are you doing it for lead generation? Are you doing it for revenue? Are you doing it to make a difference? All three. Yeah. Because you can absolutely do it for all three and just come away with a plan. That's what they'll come away with. And I love that. And that's really what struck me about your submission to Unconvention is the not only the practicality walking us through these models, but the different options and the variety that's available with these online summits. I mean, I, I sort of knew what online summits were, but when you and I talked about it that very first time, I went, you're in, because I think that this is something that for me is personally interesting, but anybody who has a community or wants to build a community, the fact that they can use it to build a community or monetize it or both, and all of the different things that you do to generate engagement. And I don't want to give too much more away because after all, we want people to register for Unconvention and to attend these sessions. So Absolutely. can't wait for that. So last few questions that I have for you actually is, if you can think about the education space, you have a very wide and deep expertise in education. Take us out over the next 10 years in your wildest dreams. My question to other podcast guests has been, what does the future of speaking look like? What does a speaker's life look like? But I'd really like to twist that a little bit for you and say, what does the future of education look like? Well, what I didn't tell you before was that one of the things that we have now moved into is actually creating our own online school. There are many parents who uh, right now do not want to send their children back into the school system for many different reasons. They want to homeschool. And we also have the mandates in New Zealand that many teachers have been not able to teach anymore. So I have taken that opportunity after researching it for a couple of years, actually. And we have actually put together an online school for parents who want to homeschool with a teacher beside them. So I see that as being part of the future because I think, well, actually, I know the education system is broken. And so we're offering, so what I see in 10 years' time, which is what we're offering is future-focused, personalized learning at home where children, it's holistic, they are project-based, they're making a difference in their community or in the world with things that they love and through their passions. So it's a very exciting project. And I see this as being a big thing in maybe 10 years' time. 
Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. Okay. So we're going to end with rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Excellent. All right. Favorite online platform? Zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> that seems to be the consensus around our community. <laughs> Favorite tech hack? Well, I had to struggle with this one, so I'm not sure I've got a quick fire answer. Uh, I, oh, I'm starting to speak Australian already. Answer to this. <laughs> it's probably my own app, which is a little bit naff to say this, but it's called the iStudy Alarm. And so it's like the Pomodoro technique, but we've put it through a study alarm so that students and people can use it to study in those short bursts. And I use it all the time just to get 20 minutes done and then in five minutes off. Oh, I love that. What is the name of that again? I Study Alarm. I Study Alarm. I will download it. I'm assuming that it's available on all popular app platforms. Yes, and it's completely free. Completely free. No ads, no tricks. Oh, fantastic. Okay, excellent. What's your favorite productivity hack? You may have already answered that one. Well, yes, that, but actually... I was thinking about it. I'm so low tech. It's actually a diary that has a whole month in two pages, A4 pages. And so I'm old school. I like to be able to see the whole thing and I like to be able to write by hand. <laughs> have it all written down. Excellent. Excellent. Favorite meal? I oh, see. These are so hard. Anything uh, vegan, maybe anything fresh vegan food. Fresh vegan food. Well, living in New Zealand, you've got lots of fresh. That's for sure. Yes. Lots of fresh. Lots of fresh. Yes. Love the Australian food. Fruit and veg is great. New Zealand, probably a bit better. Don't tell the Aussies listening. <laughs> Favorite holiday spot? My hometown, Golden Bay, Takaka, paradise. It has 27 golden sand beaches and zero people on them. Oh. thousand people in the township. Love it. No one on the beach. <laughs> Love it. Wine, beer, gin, vodka, or tequila? None. I do not drink water. <laughs> only thing I, I told you I'm such an anomaly to these questions. The only thing I drink is water. Not tea, coffee, nothing. Just water. Do you know you are not an anomaly because about 70 to 80% of our podcast guests are non-drinkers. Wow. Seriously. Well, I haven't drunk since I was 19, so it's nothing noble. I need to tell the people, nothing noble. I just don't like the taste. Wow. Wow. Well, I like it for both of us. Um, <laughs> if you could have a dinner party, <laughs> if you could have a dinner party with any three people in the world, living or dead, who would they be? First would be my grandparents. They were killed in a car accident when I was 10 years old, and I feel like I was a bit robbed of finding out who they are because I think we'd have so much in common. So it would be my grandparents. And then, I don't know, Brene Brown, maybe, Ryan Holiday, any of my incredible summit guests, because I get to speak to them for an hour sometimes, and then that's it. And I'm like, I want more. So there's lots. You've had Brene Brown as a summit guest? No. She said no twice, but I'm going to keep asking. I'll keep asking. Persistence, absolutely. Persistence is key. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I'm a Texan, so if I uncover any Texas connections, I'll let you know. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I'll try and hook you up. So Brene Brown, any of your summit guests and your grandparents? I think those are good choices. Favorite book or podcast for your professional inspiration? So at the moment, that would be Ryan Holiday. And so Ryan Holiday has written four books, well, actually a few more, but he talks about stoicism. And so The Obstacle is the Way, 
Ego is the enemy. Stillness is the key. And the one that's just right on point right now, courage is calling. Uh, and those books and his wisdom and well he's taking the wisdom from you know centuries ago Marcus Aurelius Cato and if you'd told me by the way that I'd be quoting Marcus Aurelius and even even knew who he was uh 12 months ago I'd have laughed at you but I am a total fan and it is totally providing the inspiration for me right now Oh, terrific well Karen you provide inspiration to so many educators parents and children. Keep doing what you do. I personally am very much looking forward to your session at Unconvention on building online summits. It's something that I'm personally interested in and knowing what I know about your session will be tremendously valuable for the Unconvention attendees. And as Empress of Engagement, we can't tell people what they're in for, but we know that it's going to be exciting and fun. So looking forward to that. Karen Tui boys, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. See you at Unconvention. See you at Unconvention. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Unconventionally Speaking. We have over 30 unspeakers of this caliber at Unconvention on the 25th and 26th of March. So grab your seat today. Just click the link included in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone that you know who would also get value from this conversation. And follow or subscribe to the show to ensure that you never miss an episode. See you all at PSA Unconvention 2022. This episode is sponsored by Your Podcast Concierge, podcast production for speakers who want to increase their authority and generate leads from their show. You press record and let them do the rest. And to this, I can personally attest.